This week, we continue our gifted series, the series that we have been doing for these last few weeks and will continue throughout this fall. And this gifted series is, I think, kind of relatively clear, but I want to unpack it just a bit for those of you who might have been taking a church vacation since before Labor Day. And so for those of us who might be plugging back in, this gifted series is really meant to give us a chance to think about our own gifts, what God has put in us, how we have been made and created and then feel challenged, challenged to use those gifts in some particular way in service of others. That really is the purpose of church. We do lots and lots of things around church, but it's really rooted in this idea that we have gifts, we've been given these unique gifts, and we're called to use those gifts for the benefit of others and for the good of our world. Now I note this morning that we welcome back our choristers, our children's choir. I look behind me and I see young people serving as acolytes among others. There are many ways in which we empower one another, especially our young people, to do work in service for both the church and for our community. And this is important because as children, we know that the happiest and healthiest we can be and what we can do most for our children is to give them purpose to actually give them a purpose for being who they are, for making an impact that is good in the world. As adults, we can remember that desire for purpose, but as adults, we change and we grow and we shift and we are transformed and those desires for purpose can begin to look a bit different. We know as we grow up, so to speak, that our purpose might become bigger than just helping other people or making a positive impact. We may wish for success or power or authority or wealth or you name it. We begin to conflate this idea of purpose for what the world says is most valuable, what the world says we're supposed to want. And as we seek after those worldly things, we all at some point find ourselves sort of empty we in a sense hit a wall because those kinds of worldly purposes, although they might work for a while, they might even work for years or decades, will at some point fail us. We are made for something deeper than what the world offers. We are made to be able to impact the world and one another in a more sacred and divine way. And today we're being reminded of that kind of call. As Christian disciples, people who choose to follow Jesus, we're called to love God and love one another. In other words, we're meant to impact the world for good, to make the world a better place, to be an influence of good to all those around us. That's what I mean by using gifts. That's what we are asking and challenging you to consider is the way in which you've been given these unique set of gifts and how you can use them here. Today in particular, in our gifted series, we're talking about the way that we worship together and all of the different opportunities we have to plug into supporting our worship. There are so many people who contribute to making our worship experience so good. Some you see, they tend to be dressed kind of like me in some sort of robe or maybe in a black suit, as you see in the back. Then there are lots of people you don't see 
the altar guild, those who set up the space, people who support the work that we do together as we worship God. And what they do behind those scenes is incredible. Just last week, between the nine and 11 o'clock service, one of our altar guild members was literally on her knees, picking up little bits of dirt because somebody had walked up here with dirty shoes and didn't want that dirt here for the 11 o'clock service. What happens when people give of their time and their gifts and their talents in generosity is it becomes a gift to all of us, even if we're not even explicitly aware that we are receiving that gift. I myself as a child was very involved in worship ministries. I was an acolyte, I sang in the choir. I loved having a job at church and I promise you, I am certain I would not do what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that kind of work back then. I can even remember as a kid, this may not be everybody, but I can remember as a kid, I wanted to do things like read at the Easter vigil service. Is that not the church nerdiest thing you've ever heard? And <clears throat> you know, I, I was not, my family was not always interested in a three hour service at the Easter vigil. And so I would be dropped off. I would sit by myself, I would read. And I loved being depended on. I loved showing up and knowing that people expected me to be there, that I had a job, that I could make a difference, I could make a contribution. And we know that is the best, the healthiest way for all of us to be. You see, far too often we succumb, adults and those that we raise at home, we succumb to this desire to do what we want, when we want, how we want, where we want. Far too often we get all the control that we want. And I think we know what happens when children get everything they want. We have words for that. It is similar when adults get everything they want. We just might be older and have better words for it. See, we are not made to just get everything we want when we want how we want. That's not the best of us. We are actually called to be generous. We are called to serve. We are called to love one another in ways that may not be exactly what we want to do when we want to do it, but that's actually good for us. We were made for that. God calls us to be that kind of steward in the world, to give in those kinds of generous ways. And in a sense, that balance of doing what we are made to do, even over and against what the world wants us to do, is what we see in today's gospel lesson. We see this familiar scene in this story that we are likely we can recall off the top of our head. In fact, I love saying to people, get behind me, Satan. That kind of phrase is one that sort of sticks, right? That's a pretty sticky phrase that Jesus used. We have in our scene today in the gospel lesson, Jesus who has garnered a lot of attention, doing a lot of amazing things, performing many miracles and healings, and no one is impacted more than his disciples. These people who left everything, they dropped all the stuff that the world said they were supposed to do to follow this guy. And then in the scene, Jesus begins to talk about the trouble that he is going to experience. He begins talking about the suffering that he will have to endure, being rejected by others, even dying. And the disciples want none of this. Peter immediately rebukes him. In other words, they go to Jesus and they say, don't do this. You don't have to have that happen to you. You can take a different path. You can act in different ways. You can keep people from hurting you or rejecting you or going through trouble and pain and suffering. See, they don't want this to happen to Jesus. They don't want it to happen to them. Of course they don't. And what does Jesus say to Peter? 
get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind on human things, not on divine things. This is something so important. This is a big, big idea. Do not set your mind on human things, but instead set your mind on divine things. Jesus knows that he has purpose. Jesus is confident in his purpose, even if that means in the world, he doesn't get everything he wants. And we know he does not want to suffer. We know in the garden that he goes and he prays and he says, you know, if we can do this any other way, that would be great, right? Theologically speaking, take this cup from me is what he says. But what he's really trying to say is, honestly, I don't, if there's another way, it would be great. But he goes forward purposefully, confidently, courageously to suffer and to die. Why? Because he knows what he's supposed to do. He is setting his mind on those divine things, not on those human things. And even the disciples who have made such a huge commitment to follow Jesus miss that point most of the time. So it makes sense that we would miss that point most of the time. But y'all, that's why I'm here. <laughs> that's why we are here for each other. Because the best of a church is where we remind each other of purpose. The best of a church is where we look at one another and we do not settle for those convenient, shallow commitments, but instead we expect more of each other. We demand more of each other because God expects it from us. It is not okay to simply consume. We're called to be so much better than that, to give and to commit. And that is what we are asking you to do. That's what I am asking you to do. Every person here watching has been given special gifts. They are not for you alone. God is calling you to give and for sure to give in ways you don't really want to all the time. That's that divine purpose. That's that sense of service. That's that def definition of generosity that we are called to be in this world. We are here to support one another, for each other, to give and to make our world a better place. And it's not okay to just skip out and ignore that call. God wants you. God wants us. God wants all of us, not just when it's convenient, not just when we want to, God wants us all to commit and we can. We simply have to put our gifts to use, not just in human ways, but in divine ways. That is the kind of work done here. That is what we are called to be. And people like me and those around you love you enough to make sure that commitment is made. You have gifts. It's time to use them. Amen.